UTB AM. I was really triggered. We don't want Johnny Sexton having any part of any Netflix curse ahead of the World Cup. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 3 of season 3 of the Football Pod. There's only one place to start this week. Actually no, there's two places to start. I have to put my hands up. Lads, I'm so sorry. I went skiing last week and I asked you to pre-record the podcast right before the biggest story that's ever hit the GA happens. <laughs> as Kilmacoe Croaks finally win their All-Ireland title. Except they had an extra two players in the field. Are we counting the 17 players? The 16 player was the problem. Darren Mullen on the end line. This saga has rolled on, so thankfully it's allowing us to start with this. Instead of talking about the National League's being back in a brilliant weekend of football, Paddy Andrews, we have to start with Glenn Kilmacoe Croaks. Tonight, the CCCC are meeting with members of the Glenn team and the Chemical Croaks team. Before you jump in, how on earth have they allowed this, the GA allowed this to rumble on for a whole week and to overshadow the leagues? You've been away, you were away for a week and we're actually probably, we're probably getting to it before the GA have finally got the finger out and started talking about this. So I hope you enjoyed the skiing holiday. It was great. Everyone was waiting to see what we thought about it. Um, I watched the game at the time. We could so it's eight days ago now. We could see by Sunday evening there was going to be an issue here. Uh, that's the beauty of social media. The bit of a mix-up towards the end of the game. I think first and foremost, it's got a lot of coverage over the course of the last week. I mean, it was a club game, and I think it was front page of national newspapers for three days after the match, which says a lot. And and it wasn't for the quality of football. It was around the the finale to the game. I just think. It was a bit of a farce by last Sunday evening and it hasn't improved in the eight days since. And, okay, Croaks have been kind of dragged through the mud a bit. Glenn were put in a horrendous position where the GA give them a hospital pass. They're going to say, well, it's up to you guys to appeal. We kind of hope this goes away. But the way it's been handled by the GA from start to finish and, like I say, eight days later, it's still nowhere near being resolved has been an absolute farce. The only comment the GA made on this in the first 72 hours well the whole country was talking about it was to release a statement saying we're actually not going to do anything unless Glenn appeal i.e. hopefully you won't and this will just go away so total farce and that's kind of led to this being dragged out I know there's a meeting tonight I don't it's not going to be resolved tonight lads if the GA order a replay Kilmacoe Croaks have made their stance pretty clear. They are not going to play this game again. So I can see this rumbling on. There's probably not even a window for it to be played now that the inter-county season has started. And probably the GEA were hoping for that. that The inter-county season would kick off and and everyone would kind of just forget about this. Um, But even if a replay is ordered, I think this is going all the way to the DRA as well. But the way it's been handled, the positions both clubs have been put in, the narrative around this as well, I had a big issue with this. it was very, I thought it was completely over the top, some of the commentary around Kilmacoe Croaks. I am not a Kilmacoe Croaks fan. I have played against them for 20-odd years of my career here in Dublin. I've usually been beaten by them most of the time as well, but I thought some of the commentary around Kilmacoe as a club was way off the mark, um, and it really 
pissed me off, and I'm sure it pissed off a lot of Dublin club people, but definitely Kilmico Croaks people. They're a massive club. They're a really successful club. They're an unbelievably well-run club. And I think if this wasn't a Kilmico Croaks involved, I don't think the coverage that this has gotten over the last week will be anywhere near as sensational. I think if the shoe was on the other foot, I don't think it would have been as sensational, the coverage. And I think, in a way, that's led to Croaks being so adamant about how, how they feel they've been treated, that they're actually not going to play this game again. So I had, I had an issue with that, the type of commentary around it. Yes, there was a mix-up at the end of the game. Mm. I, I think that's common. I think you see it a lot, lads, and we played in games. It's so chaotic. It's the last seconds of an All-Ireland club final. Glenn don't want to wait for anyone. They're trying to just get on. They need to score a goal. A substitution is made, and there's a mix-up there. I was in Crow Park on Saturday night for the Dublin Kildare game and actually watch this. The same thing is happening again in a mundane National League game. Jimmy, you've come on in games. Players run onto the pitch. The only, the only way you're being told you're coming off is the lad coming on for you to kind of hit you on the shoulder and say, get off. And the game can go on in the background. It's just such a messy, messy situation. <clears throat> and last Sunday in the All-Ireland Club final was a manifestation of that. That needs to be addressed at a GAA level or you get things like this, but it was some of the commentary that it was. Um, Paddy, I I agree with I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I agree. I certainly agree with a lot of what you're saying. There definitely was an element of the croaks. Um, 100%. In, in general, across the country, right? There's definitely an element of people kind of uh, took it as a chance to have a go at them. I do disagree with you saying, and the way you're phrasing it as a mix up. This is a lot more than a mix up, and I'm not saying it was all on chemical croaks. Like nope. it, it, it was a. This is the last play of the game. In an All Ireland final, this yeah. is not like Dumboyne and Avon O'Mahony's, which decided last week. And thanks to the lads who sent me that on Sunday, I didn't get a chance to look at it until Tuesday. But this is like Dumboyne and Navin in 2005. Replay was ordered. Claire and Offley, a replay was ordered. I still don't know how a replay wasn't ordered for Mead and Loud in 2010. There have been replays ordered for games before where there's been massive administrative errors. And there's this is a this is a, a systemic failure. On the part of the GA, that's, that's what, and I agree. It's more than a mix-up, I think. Yeah, it's a, the way this was being portrayed was that this was a Kilmacud Croaks issue, and they're, they're trying to gain an unfair advantage. I do not. That is not the case. No, I agree with that. But there's between the officials, the chaos at the end of the game. This this type of thing can happen, and the fact that it's happened in the biggest club game is, I think it's. Nearly in a way, it's a good thing because this needs to be rectified going forward across yeah. the board. I, I think the biggest issue and how it's dragged on so far is just the complete lack of ownership from the GAA with yeah, this. Pathetic. You could it's see pathetic. on Sunday evening, this was going to drag on. Mm-hmm. The way with social media, the coverage it was getting, the GAA could surely see this and they come out on Monday morning and whatever they do, if they're decisive and they say, look, we're not going to replay this game or they turn around and say, yes, there's an issue there. The game is going to be replayed. Before the whole nation, the amount of people that came up to me who have no interest in GEA over the last week and were asking about this. Once it got to that stage, the horse has bolted. Yeah, it was shocking. GEA's lack of authority on this has, has just kind of fanned the flames. Yeah, completely. But, James, if this happened in a Clary O'Donoghue club game and you lost to... Club. You lost to Crooks, the Unhu Cup. If you lost to Dr. Crooks yeah. and Legion were beaten and it was last play of the game and they bring on Gooch and, you know, one of the other boys stays in the field and you take your 45. Are you asking for a replay after that game? 
No, realistically, you're not. Now, th- th- the only thing is, you can't spin this either as if Kilmacud are the victim of it and no, they're, no, they're being, they're no, being no, shamed no. in the media. Like, let's not go that, that far either. I mean, they got a little bit of abuse in the media, like, but nothing, nothing crazy. Like, you know, they got hammered in a couple of places, but they're still kind of being almost patted on the back now because, oh, you've got an awful, awful doing. At the end of the day, it's just embarrassing for the GA. I would even take the clubs out of it. I'd take Kilmacud out and I'd take Len out and I'd say, this is a GA issue. Like, you can't just replay games over, like you said, an administrative error. I think that every game then is going to be question marks from that. And we've gone way too far with social media and with technology to let that happen in probably one of the most important stages of the season. Not even in these players' careers. Like that's in their whole lives. It's a massive moment. Two minutes to go in the final to become so loose and just let an extra fella on the field. Did it affect the result? Probably not. But it's still too loose to happen, especially in a final. It's just embarrassing. For everyone involved in 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 GA, it's just embarrassing. If it happened yeah. in an East Kerry Championship match, it would be embarrassing. It, it, if it happened in a if it happened in a a Kerry game, if it happened in a Munster game, and all had a final in the last minute, it's shocking. You know, you know what the big thing is as well, Jimmy? Like this, this is the first first goal of the split season. I think it has. I think the coverage the club championships got. We were speaking the week before about junior club finals being in Crow Park and the whole country talking about it. That's been a massive positive. And the GEA have promoted this. Larry McCarthy has come out and spoken about this, that the club is the, is the main thing and all that good stuff. I'll put that back on the GEA and say, if this was the All-Ireland Inter-County Championship final, if that was yeah. Kerry and Galway, I guarantee you by Sunday evening, the GEA would have acted. A call would have been made. They would have been forced to make some sort of response. But the fact that this was a club game, albeit the biggest club game there is in the game, they have literally just said, we're going to put our head in the sands here and hope that this will just go away. Goes away. Or, yeah. or worse, throw a hospital pass to Glenn yeah. as a club who basically back in Glenn into a corner to make up your own mind and hopefully, lads, you won't appeal and we can kind of move on with this. Yeah. Like, that alone is just a... What sport is run like that? Well, <laughs> if the team wants to appeal, maybe we'll look at it, but otherwise we're not going to do anything. It's just... It's a pathetic... It's been a mess state of for, for eight days and it's yeah. not going to get any better. Uh, I think you whatever get the sense out, that whatever the Crokes... comes out tonight, it's not... It, this is going to drag on and on and on. Last question on this. Did you get the sense that the Crokes lads and you know a few of them, could they enjoy their All-Ireland victory for Sunday night, Monday night? Um, I'd say they did, yeah. Um, I'd say they forgot about it after two or three points. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say they were all the concerned at the time, but... No, yeah. I, like we were talking about it earlier, I think it does take a bit of a gloss off. I, I think for 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 Glenn, there's that unknown factor as well. Going, is this over? Is it finished? Do we keep training? It's amazing to see some of the Glenn players playing with Derry at the yeah. weekend. They're kind of saying, right, just park it. Let's get on with our season. For Croaks, it does take a little bit of a shine off. I'm sure it does. I'm sure they, they celebrated for a couple of days, but this kind of hanging over the, the, the whole scenario. Just, I, I think the coverage across the board has put both teams, both sets of players, both clubs in really, really awkward positions. The GA allowed that to happen. They allowed oh, it to happen by not acting. And I think, look, I think we just, because who knows what's going to happen tonight? I, I just, I think that a replay may actually be ordered, but I don't believe a replay is going to happen. They're better, off, they're better off saying no replay, right? Take the hit, 
take the absolute battering they're going to get, but at least nip this situation because yeah. otherwise they what's don't. going to happen is replay. Imagine the Glenn players getting into dressing room. Half of them don't want to replay. Half of them do. Yeah. And they were, what are we doing here? If I, I don't think the situation, Jimmy, got- if you're in the Glenn player situation, would you want to replay? See, it's easy for me to say from the outside when you're so emotionally yeah, I know, invested. I know, I know. But like, on the face, some of them, you want some of them will be so emotionally invested that they they need that neck, they need that other crack. Do you know when you're after losing a massive game and yeah, all you can yeah. think about is that, and you do anything to get a second chance at it? There's going to be fellas falling into that boat mm. from the outside with a completely cold heart. I would say no. Do you know it? it yeah. I wouldn't replay it. But I'm not in the situation. So no, hard. no, I know that's fair. You know? That's fair. All right, lads, we'll keep an eye on that and I'm sure it'll drag on and there will be more appeals about it. But uh, yeah, sorry, State of Affairs and apologies that we weren't live last Monday with the podcast. We pre-recorded. At least you had a good time, Tommy. Me and Jimmy yeah. were itching to get on early. I know you were. I know you were. Sorry, lads. And you spent okay. most of your time in your arse. Every Instagram I saw of you, <laughs> you were about four feet under in the snow. I was on the baby slopes as well. No, nothing broken. <laughs> nothing broken. I was brought down a black slope on the first day. I don't know how I came out of it, but You were doing good. that cross-country skiing. You were just <laughs> sticking the arms in and dragging yourself back up. Hey, it's some workout for six days. It's unreal. You look but, great uh, there, yeah. Great crack, yeah. But the bike ski road came in handy. Um, the other big news this week, Paddy. Yeah. We're on the lookout for a new co-host after his <laughs> after his uh, calamitous now I'm only joking I'm only joking What would you say yeah. was a bigger talk up? <laughs> GA's handling of the All-Ireland Club final or James O'Donoghue's prediction on Cork winning the All-Ireland Championship No no I never said I said You weren't far off Jimmy you I said team to off. watch I said they might not be good to watch but they'll be good they'll be a team to watch I believe you were literally <laughs> reeling off Cork, every game of Cork season Two points, two, two points. points. I must say, my whole theory did rest on them winning the first game against Meath. Oh, uh, okay. And okay. I must say, I was I was very disappointed with their effort. Now, to be fair, they kicked 19 points. Yeah. Sherlock oh. kicked 16, didn't he, or 14? He got 14. But I mean, to leave to leave Meath score 314 was, was criminal. But yeah, oh, I hold geez. my hands up. I apologize because I said there was a gimme for Cork. I was wrong. That was that was unfair. It's no, the only thing is Killian O'Sullivan's goal. Just he owns it. Killian O'Sullivan's goal, he took 112 no. steps. No, no, no. If the no. ball hits the stanchion in the top corner, the steps don't matter. Oh, so you can do what you want before that. If the goal is good enough, if it's a dribbly little finish into the corner, blow it up. But if it's in the top corner, play on. Had no Look, what about Owen Merchant? What about Owen Merchant's goal against Kerry? Owen Merchant's goal against Kerry. Back to the... If we're Tommy, about, this is like the game. Kilo Sullivan takes 25 steps, breaks the rules, the game should be replayed. <laughs> no, is that what we're going at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, they have to make the complaint first. I thought he was going to get done for it. Yeah, I thought so too. Because you could see him coming from miles out. It was like... Remember Shane Walsh's goal? against Cork last year and Porky Queef. Whatever way the camera is up and that's that, you can just see him coming from miles out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he cuts through and I go, he has to at least take a hop here or solo. And because he's going so fast, the ref just kind of goes, go on. And what a finish. <laughs> Billy Murphy. Yeah. But honest to God, I, I actually watched this game uh, on TG Car YouTube and uh, Cork started well. And yeah. Mead were struggling. Mead yeah. were struggling and I was thinking, geez, maybe Jimmy has his ducks in a row for once. And then after the first quarter, Cork just seemed to... Well, Mead got a lot better, I have to say. And it was... Mead were very good to watch. And, and we'll probably touch on it a bit more uh, later on in the pod. But Cork were just too easy to play against. That's yeah. the long and the short of it. 
They were overly reliant on, on Sherlock's freeze, which were very good, but they didn't get a whole pile else. Yeah. Uh, term, like Hurley was quiet enough. He came off. Look, like it's very early in the season as well. That's but just for, for Cork, you feel whoever lost that game with Division 2 yesterday was going to be under a bit of pressure. Massive pressure. And, and, and I must admit, kind of under the radar, I backed Cork to win that game as well. I didn't go big on like Jimmy that they'd win the All-Ireland. Oh, you went big against me, though. But they're, uh, they're under pressure now. Losing that home game against Mead. And like you, you probably think Dublin and Derry are going to be the two teams that are going to get promoted here. So Cork have an uphill task. The, the thing league. is, the thing is with with that fourth and fifth place in Division Two is Westmead are guaranteed, right? They're in Division Three. Yeah. If they don't get into the top two in Division Three, they're going to take one of those places from yeah. Division Two, right? Mm-hmm. Also in Connacht, you're looking at a Sligo or a Leitrim that's going to get to the Judge kind of final there. Four, so they're yeah. going to take another place in Division Two. So you're looking at only the top four possibly from Division Two will make Sam Maguire. So that game was massive because Meath can now look and think we can beat Loud, we can beat Clare maybe. You know, Limerick, if we get a, get a result against Limerick, they're probably, they're secured. Yeah, it was massive. So like, without even realising it, the first game of the league could turn out to be so... Massive, wasn't it? We said it. We said it last we, week. Yeah, I think we knew that about Division 2 though and you could definitely, I was in Ennis, I was in Cusick Park. I got to watch about 20 minutes of the Meath game huddle over in the corner on YouTube at half time but I was in Cusick Park and lads to finish. You remember Roscommon... Clare last year in Crow Park, the Clare comeback. Clare kicked four points in injury time to win this game. And their shooting boots weren't on, but a couple of young lads came in and made a huge impact. Uh, Daryl Bahannon in midfield. Um, Emmett McMahon, who's been playing very well at Sigerson level over the last couple of years, stood up. And uh, they actually could probably should have scored a goal as well. Ball just went over the bar. But um, Jamie Malone, lads. This is what the type man. of player. This is the what? fellow who's kicked three winners from the Give same McVarty, position. Give the two of them. Just get it to the shooters. He's just, but it's just a clutch shooter. It's just at the right time. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, actually, it's funny. It's just, it's a real copycat score. Malone scored each of those three. It's like a sweet spot. I remember Kieran Whelan saying it before or being told to me about that Kieran Whelan used to have a sweet spot to the right of the yeah, D. That the was his spot. And McBurty collecting that ball in the last minute against Kerry. Who did he do it against last year, the year before? Derry. Derry. Derry in the Ulster Championship. Derry in the Ulster Championship. Exactly. He knew copycat. what he was doing. He drifted out up to the, onto the sideline and knew what he was doing. If you're anyway. Kerry, and do you know what, Jimmy? Is that the inexperience that Kerry had in the face? Was it not Morty on him, though? Line, you're just thinking, anyone but him. Don't let him get this shot. And to get the shot off from the middle, he got yeah. literally... No, it was a good a good distance out, but it was in the middle. Great score. Playbook. Great playbook score. move. Yeah, no, it was. But there's only, there's only a certain type of player who can step up in the last minute like that, like Jamie Malone and McBurty, and actually mm. say, I'm going to win this game for us here. So it takes, takes serious battle. Two great scores. Did you have that role in Kerry? There'd never be a role. It would be. Ah, it was always a case. Of, it was, was always it a case of work. Work the the best shot. But I don't know. Do I necessarily agree with that? I'd be more more of a, the where where you're coming from is get the right man on it, leave him find the right spot, his sweet you know? spot. Yeah. yeah the, the the players will know themselves. Our players should know themselves. There's two or three clutch shooters and those players themselves will know I need to get myself into a position where I can receive this ball and you can see it McBurdy starts that he's on the sideline mm. he's literally one foot is probably off the pitch but he's thinking how do I get on the end of this yeah. and do you know when it comes having done it once or twice before that gives you the confidence like if yeah. that's a younger guy coming up the pitch he's not taking that shot like yeah. we touched remember remember Derry lost to Donegal yeah 
and they they the ball for two or three minutes at the end, and they probably had a one or two chances to take a shot. It just wasn't the right guy on it. That can happen as well. But when you've got someone like McBrearty who has who has history of doing this type of mm-hmm. thing, the second he wants that shot, and Jamie Malone as well, he's done it in the biggest games. It's class. He gets the opportunity. He's pulling the trigger. There's no doubt in their head. Like there's no, they don't see the downside. If they if they miss. No. They're well able to say, well, I've done it before to the coaches, the players or anyone else. But uh, to see it on the first weekend, and bear in mind, lads, we always say it this time here, shit conditions. like ah, <laughs> Hard, hard conditions to kick scores. Yeah. And they were massive. And for Donegal in particular, that is it. Donegal and Clare, they are massive wins. Huge. In the schemes of their seasons, where they're at, where, that, where their groups are at as a team. Yeah. For sure. I um, thought TG Cahar were going to have that drippy camera for the whole game again for Kerry Donegal. They, it was, they shook off the rain there. It's strange where the camera is in Ballybuffet. <laughs> you can't have it on the open side. Like, there's going to be a gale force wind. It's going to be pissing down. Same with Castle Bar Saturday night. Nothing shorter. There's going to be wind and rain there. Just put it in the stand side. Have it covered. Like, makes it yeah. easier. Yeah. Not. Not to hammer the GA again, but I might here. Um, <laughs> on the day they announced the 20 million euro surplus in Crow Park uh, for last year with the Garrett Brooks concerts, Peter McKenna came out and said that they're going to have to look at the All-Ireland Club finals being played in Crow Park. And I just thought that was remarkable when we went and watched Dublin, Kildare and Crow Park on Saturday. Not even for the fact that... The atmosphere there was. The atmosphere is just so shocking. Yeah. But Desi Farrell, Desi Farrell even comes out afterwards and says... It was great to get the lads, some of the younger lads playing in Croker. They're actually openly saying now that they want their game to Crow Park to get accustomed to playing in Crow Park. Ah, I don't know. I was at that game. What was the atmosphere like, Paddy? What was the atmosphere like? Yeah. (sighs) We spoke about this so many times. I think the official attendance was what? 16,000 maybe? 15,000? It wasn't a great game, lads. Um, So that didn't help. But like 16,000 in Crow Park, a cold night in January. Yeah. That game does not need to be played there. The so like, if, the, if the crowd, if you're in a 15,000 capacity place, and it's 15,000 there. Castle straight after you. It would be Castlebar. Yeah. It's chalk and cheese. Why? There was what, maybe 13,000, 14,000 in Castlebar. Look, it was, a, it was a much better game. But the, the atmosphere at that, I, was, I watched that on the telly, you could see, you get the sense of it. But in Crow Park, like the game wasn't great. And you always kind of say... the what happens on the pitch can feed into the stand to create that. But even if it was one of the greatest games January had ever seen, yeah, just 16,000 people at Crow Park, you are you are not going to get a good atmosphere on it. The pitch is in bits. Like seeing it firsthand, yeah. I've never, ever seen it as bad. It could do with a break. I think Dublin play Clare there as well in the National Football League game next month. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah no, but the crowd feed the players. The players feed the crowd. You take one out, you know, it's just yeah. it's just not right. Well, but just, the game, the game itself was like Dublin put out a pretty strong team, and I think you'll see that through the National League for them that they have the spine. They probably have ten or eleven of the big guns playing, and the usual then trying to pick up two or three guys along the way. Like it, it probably worked to an extent last year, even though they were relegated. They got Lee Gannon and Lorcan O'Dell out of who both saw championship action. They had young McEnany playing at the weekend from Scaries. He came in, Ross McGarry as well. I think it's it's a good approach, I suppose, that you have your main guys and you have two or three guys to come in and it's, it's a lot easier for them to impress. They were saying that on Saturday. Look, it wasn't a very good performance by Dublin. Um, but I think what you'll see throughout the Division 2 campaign is 
they'll have strong teams out and they'll be trying to find two or three players um, along with them. But I was surprised. I, I expected more from Dublin. I thought when I seen the team in particular, I thought this was going to be, and particularly with Fenton's goal early. Great goal. Yeah. This could be a real statement performance, but just very rusty, some bad misses. The type of thing you see in January, to be fair, um, but they'll be looking for big, big improvements uh, going forward over the next couple of weeks because it definitely wasn't a, definitely wasn't a marker that, that he would have been hoping to put down. Looked like it's been all running and conditioning in January, James, for the dubs, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Like it looked like they had done no shooting at the posts, you know, <laughs> because they had so many chances of tip Madness. over scores. It actually happened Madness. in the Kerry game as well that a few of them had had chances and missed easy ones. But I think the Kerry probably done a bit more ball. But I don't know. There's obviously different different ways you can do the training in in the winter period. But I reckon they've just done. All physical stuff. And you know what, Jimmy? The sharpness was just not at all there. For January conditions, that wasn't an excuse in Crow Park on Saturday night. Like, there was no, a little no, bit no. of drizzle before the game. There wasn't much wind. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't comparative to what you see in the Bally Buffet yesterday with gale yeah. force winds around Hyde Park for the Ross Common Throwback. So, normally that could be seen as a bit of an excuse in, in early National League games, but that wasn't the case. It was just, there were some bad, bad misses. Uncharacteristic as well. I mean, Conor Callahan, brilliant to see him back and everyone in Dublin is hoping this guy can just stay fit. He's a couple of misses you're thinking, he'd normally put them over to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Towards Costello. the end of the game, Costello, O'Gara, uh, Killian O'Gara comes on, Lee Gannon himself. Lehif so. threw an outside of the right at one. It yeah, no, that... Between the corner flag and... That, that and just that. should not have been kind of, a shot at all. Never mind. Would have, that just wasn't on. But look, look, you're going to see that, and you've seen that across the whole game with lots of teams. It is still early yeah. in the season. But, Perfect, of course, this time of but, year. But yeah. for Dublin, there's there's a lot of areas that they're going to have to work on. Throughout All right. The yeah, let's come back with some of the more uh, exciting and uh, yeah. interesting bits from the weekend. You are listening to episode three of season three of the Football Pod. It is brought to you every week by AIB, proud sponsor of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Just to run you through the results from the weekend, Donegal 13 points, Kerry 1-9, Roscommon 3-11. The Rossies, they had a great start. All that start. Three, here, lads. Three eleven to one twelve. Yeah. Predictions are running the ground already after week yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, it was scary actually looking at our predictions. I'll read them out later on. How we got? I on. did back Donegal though. You did? Did you? I did. Yeah. yeah I'm telling. I never backed them. I backed them, and I I was very worried at halftime that they'd done it to me again. But they came good in the end. Yeah, you backed them. Donegal on paper, you thought it looked better. Um, <laughs> Claire 13 points as we mentioned Loud 1-9 Mickey Hart was raging after the game There's 7 minutes injury time Now there were a couple of injuries Loud got a couple of bad injuries in the game So kind of felt like that. I think 6 was put up um, And that last play came maybe 6.30 in But that's how that one went Cork 19 points Mead 3-14 Very high scoring game on Parky Cueve Derry Bet Limerick by 12 points 16 points to 4 And the Dubs bet Calair by a point 111 to 13 Down at a big win in Tipper, Against Tipperary in Seppel Stadium 2-11 to 111 Word emerged that night that Jim McGuinness had been added to the down backroom team. But Conor Laberty has since come out to clarify that McGuinness is, was at a training session on the Tuesday and will be involved in a couple of sessions across the year. But he is not a part of the down backroom team. But lads, you laughed at me last week when I said down Donegal on April April 24th. Keep an eye out for that one. Uh, Fermanagh, good winning against Longford, 15 points to nine. Cavan, bet Westmead, 12 points yeah, to one six. Offaly got a good start against Andy McIntyre's Antrim. Oh, boys. 12. Um, Leitrim, top of Division 4. 
318 to 11 points against Waterford. They were down a half time. They came back and they won. Leash and Billy Sheen got a big win against Tony McIntyre Sligo. 211 to 11 points. Well, wasn't it? Great win for Leash. Yeah. Big win for Leash. Big win for Leash. Big win for Leash. Next weekend, Tony McIntyre and Sligo take on Ushin McConville and Wicklow, which will be a very interesting game after Wicklow led a late lead slip against Carroll to draw 210 apiece. And London and Wexford drew 1 9 apiece. Very hard to rate Carroll in that Carroll game. For the wing two back. yellows yeah never yeah. a yellow the second one unless he was after totting up I didn't see the game when he saw the highlights but if he was totting up fouls fair enough but if that was a yellow card yeah he wasn't he happy through kick at the, the wall, wall a good kick yeah <laughs> love, I love seeing that <laughs> I love that as well yeah, yeah. alright six stud as well I, we're coming back after this I want to ask you a bit about the direct football that we saw at the weekend we'll be back right after this we're on the big buzz already look at him <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're very welcome back to episode three of the Football Pod, and we're starting with Mead. James, I'd say your Twitter uh, handle was hopping at the weekend. All the Royals right in force. It's Lord. great to see it. It's like the United fans. They're all back now talking. And- they're all out of the woodwork, the Royals. Good the woodwork. half of them had Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, they're very sensitive and fair to Mead, though. Huh? Check it. There must be a delay with the AIB transfer to... I revoluted you a tenner. Oh, did you? I didn't check it yet. Oh, brilliant. I'll have to put that well up. Well proof, Tommy. I want proof. I'll, I'll tweet it. Good stuff. Actually, sorry. Did you better tell her with me that Kildare would be Dublin as well? Send it across. Oh, I'll, I'll have Play to listen clip. back to that. Play the clip. Jimmy, you'll be broke. Hang on. I was very nearly right about... I didn't know that Daniel oh, yeah, Flynn wasn't playing for Kildare. What happened oh, yeah. to Flynn? I, I don't know for sure. I think I think he's picked up a bit of an injury. I don't know for sure. Um, no McCormack, Feely, Flynn... Bailey's come back that man's come back from injury has been nothing short of remarkable so fair play to him great to see him back in a pitch Uh, really quick turnaround from his his injury that he got last year okay quickly we'll come back to to our wee bets our little wagers later on I want to ask about direct football because Colin Rourke was talking a big game in January in the O'Byrne Cup the first week of January saying that we are not reinventing the wheel as I mentioned before, we are doing what Kerry do, what Dublin do, what Galway do. We're kicking the ball, we're kicking it along. He has, I think, seven debutants made their starts at the weekend. They have big men in midfield, a couple of big men in defence. Matthew Costello, who's a big enough man playing full forward. It felt like a real old school game of football. Bit of rawness, loads yeah. of goal chances at the weekend. Did you see positives and uh, a new direct style of football from me, Paddy? You watched this game closely? Yeah, I did. Like In terms of what Mead would have wanted from that first game, it couldn't have gone much better. Obviously, picking up the two points, and we, we said earlier, it eases a bit of pressure in terms of the Division 2 battle and, and where you're going to end up coming into the summer. But it was very, very noticeable. Mead were trying to play in the front foot, and not just in their, their kick passing from defence, from midfield. On kickouts, Cork's kickouts, so Mead Martin's looking to go long all the time, and Mead are pushing up all over the pitch. I We've always said this on on the pod that you have to be brave that's the, the, the first stage and yes Colin Rourke easily could have said no let's concede a kick out let's be really hard to beat let's play at the back but that's not his style you, can kind of, you knew that wasn't going to be his style but it's also he's kind of it's the right approach if you want to be successful maybe not this year but they're on the right track so you could see that that they were being brave they were probably caught a couple of times in the first half Yeah, uh, Ian McGuire and O'Callaghan in midfield for Cork when they won those long kickouts. Me like Cork butchered a couple of goal chances themselves. Matty Taylor was coming through. So look, they were a bit open, but in terms of a first out, you could definitely see they're trying to play in the front foot and the kick passing inside. Again, there was lots of times where it didn't really come off, 
but it was a clear directive. And to be honest, the big thing with Mead, and, and me and Jimmy, we, we spoke about this, there's no point kicking the ball in all the time if you don't have guys in there that are going to get on the end of things. Uh, and the biggest plus you could see for Mead is we know Jordan Morris has loads of talent. Killian O'Sullivan, to be fair to him, has kind of showed that that burden has been one of Mead's most dangerous forwards for the last five or six years, playing it on the half-forward line. But Matthew Costello was very impressive yesterday, and Shane Walsh mm-hmm. was outstanding. Kick 1-7, 1-5 from play. But just those three guys inside, Morris, Walsh, and Costello, there's a scoring threat there. You know, So, so it just makes sense. If you have the ball out the pitch, you should be looking inside from. So... For O'Rourke, it's an easy sell for him to the players go, I want to move this ball direct. I want to get the ball in as fast as we can because we have three guys who are going to get scores. Yeah. And, and Jordan Morris, to be fair to him, probably didn't have his most accurate day in front of the post. It was, it was more like Shane Walsh, was probably the standout guy. But we know he has loads of talent. And we know Killian O'Sullivan can chip in with scores as well. And yeah, actually, the two half forwards that are starting now, the, uh, to me, this was a big statement. Dara Campion and Jason Scully, they're footballers. Meade are starting with six footballers. So not players dropping back as defenders or players that are there for their size. Campion and Scully are kick passers and they actually showed that in the second half too. That's what we're saying. Now, look, they know what I'm saying. They're not the finished article. No. And that may cause them against better teams in terms of, like say, Cork broke through them worryingly easy at times, particularly that first quarter. Cork were really dominant and you think, geez, this, this could be a bad day for me, but they managed to turn it around. You know there's going to be energy and fight in me. That's That was one of the key aspects, I, I'd imagine, of, of appointing someone like Colm O'Rourke, a legend in the county. But yeah. you can see it in their style of play. They have players and they're playing to those strengths. They're well, playing to those strengths. The, the, the issue I feel for them is defensively, I think they might be up against it. And that's the risk and reward that, okay, it's in, in one way, it's very admirable to have six scoring forwards up the pitch and we're going to kick the ball and we're going to do all of those things. They'll need to get their house in order at the back as well. I think they, they could face big challenges when they come against Dublin yeah. and Derry in this campaign. But as a starting point, the style of kicking the ball, have having really accurate, having scorers inside the full forward line, that was the big plus for me yesterday. And, and like I say, it's a first day out. Couldn't have gone much better for Colin Rourke. James, it was a statement intent of intent from the throw-in where Mead win it and there's a ball bombed into the full forward line. That one didn't work out. It went over the end line. But Mead's that first one, score... The first one never works out. We, we used to do that as well. The first, we say first ball, we'll lob it in. Never win that one. Never. I, that's the one I wouldn't put in, the first one. Well, but, uh, know, it's, 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 so it's the last thing you hear in the dressing room before you go out. It's like, what are we doing? First play, launch it. Love bomb it in. <laughs> but Their first they, goal scores said, from, comes about, from three kick passes. Yeah, well, I used to always say, if you would get two kick passes in a move, it's almost guaranteed, and they are they secured. It's almost guaranteed to score because it's moved so fast that the defense yeah. can't get back. It's a no-brainer. But as you said, you need the skillful fellas. But you mentioned the two half forwards. Half forwards, they're getting a bit of an easy ride, I reckon, at the moment. That, like, you can if you if you can do nothing at all, you're kind of a half forward. Do you know what I mean? The run up and down. Yeah, yeah, run up and down and have no impact. Yeah, like. I think you should almost be putting some of your strongest ballers there because they're the ones actually impacting the game, getting on the ball and able to move it. You can actually, if you're strong down the sides, like Dublin were always so strong with Flynn and Scully, you know, like these fellas are getting on the ball and putting it in. If you just have two workhorses doing nothing, it doesn't, it doesn't help you play that way. But I will say about me, right? They're kicking a lot of ball and they're kicking a lot of way. But still, that's the first step of this. Yeah. 
You know, you have to start somewhere. And then as you go on, your relationships improve, your kicking yeah. improves, your catching improves. You know what everyone's going to do. And if you saw Cork, I think the game changed and Maguire got turned over in the middle of the field for the goal. Jerry you know, Maguire got a turned over. There's a lot of turnovers. Or yeah. But say, for the, no, it was for the Pam goal, wasn't it? Maguire was, um, was turned over for the Pam, the goal. Yeah. But say... If you're kicking the ball and you're kicking into full forward line, you're not getting turned over in that area of the field because you're not you're not running it through those lines. Like Cork were kind of head down, running through there, getting turned over. Next thing the ball is coming back the other side. If you can just kick it through those areas, not get turned over in the dangerous places, like you no, you will you will give away some ball, but at least it's up the other end of the field. Yeah. We, I we think always have it with, with Dublin on that note that. Yeah, it, it was non-negotiable. You, you cannot give the ball away around the middle third, particularly against the top teams, because you're just going to be, at minimum, it's a point. Goal chance. Yeah, it's a goal chance. At least it's a goal chance. But we we would say, like aggressive turnovers, we don't mind turning the ball over in the full forward line. Mm-hmm. If we're trying a 50-yard kick pass and we lose it, we don't win it inside their 21. There's no issue with that. We have enough time to get bodies set, but that was the risk you had to take, that we're going to try and probe and back your inside forwards to win the ball. So we an aggressive turnover. That's not an issue. And you can see that with Meade, and I, I guarantee you're going to see it throughout the National League that they'll keep trying those things and they'll get better at it. I say that's a first outing. Every team is going to get better from what we've seen at the weekend. But what you're really looking for, for all the teams over the first weekend is, what are they doing new? What is a new coach with 14 new coaches in? What are they trying to do differently from previously? What new players are in? And what style of play is new? And Mead were one of the most obvious examples of, okay, they're changing the style of play that they've had in recent years and they're kicking the ball and they've got forwards who can take advantage of it. Yeah. So, so that, that's, that. there's a couple of other teams who are trying a couple of different things. But for Mead, it was one of the most obvious examples. Um, and for Cork, on the other side of it, you say they start really well. We know Sherlock, if he gets space, he's going to nail his freeze. One of the best free takers in the country. Cork are probably, in terms of their kickouts, they're trying to go long. Nearly every kickout, Leon Martin is going long. And if they win them, they're dangerous. Manny Taylor's coming on the burst. But after that, there was nothing really else from Cork. How, lads, how do you see it going next? We mentioned how important these games are. It's Cork in Newbridge against Kildare next Sunday. A crucial game for both teams. Jack yeah, Robinson yeah. impressed you the other night? Yeah, oh. and, and we, we didn't touch on Kildare. Kildare weren't bad against Dublin. They, they could feel hard done, but they probably didn't get out of the game. Um, I would back them in Newbridge to win that game. That is a big advantage for, for Kildare. They have a brilliant record in Newbridge. It suits them. Um, and for Cork, like, yeah, if you lose that game, if you're going zero from two, over the first two weekends, you are up against it. It's a massive game for both counties. Huge. The first weekend of February. Like. Yeah. If they'd beaten me, they'd almost have a shot to nothing against Kildare. Yeah. You know, it'd be pressure off. Now they're going up there under pressure. But Newbridge, it's an incredibly hard place to go, right? But for some reason, you think that Cork, Cork can nearly be okay up there. You know, they won't. Yeah. It's so small and tight that they'll be able to to kind of get bodies back and fix a few of those defensive frailties that they had. Like they were getting bodies back against Meath but they just weren't anywhere near the right place. They were too far out or too deep. They just weren't getting into the right places. There, You can almost fix them in a meeting. Do you know, yeah. you should be here or your fullback, you need to talk to him more. You need to say this. And you'd be surprised how quickly those things come. But 
I, I'd rather see Cork play in a small field in Newbridge than let's just say somewhere like Grove Park next week because okay. I think they'd be opened up. That's interesting. Um, the other games in Division 2, me take on Clare and Park Talton, but with a win apiece. Loud, welcome Derry to RD. That'll be a, that'll be a tough challenge for Loud. Loud put a huge press on the Clare kickout after a score. Even their keeper Declan Byrne was up. Um, and then they dropped everyone back behind the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how Derry, whether Derry gets the same joy they did against Limerick. Probably won't Limerick, be, well, Limerick probably won't be a great watch, I would have felt. Derry and Loud. Mm, don't think so. Looking at Division 1. Uh, the Rossies, as we mentioned earlier on, a huge win. Uh, probably weren't talked about too much in the build-up to last week. We all backed Tyrone. We all thought that Tyrone would come back with a bit of a vengeance. Uh, they didn't. Roscommon took over in the last 15-20 minutes. Enda Smith's delicious pass. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Ben O'Carroll's debut, 1-2. Uh, a fellow who's been flying at Sigerson level as well. So um, the Rossies are getting a couple of young players through. And that was a good start for Davy Burke. Next That's week. Just, just on a tee. Like, Tyrone in the second half, there's Gale Force wind. Mm. Horrendous wind to play against. And Tyrone are three points down at half time. And they turn it around straight away after the break. Yeah. They get the goal, the gear that level. And you think, they went up one. Yeah, and like Tyrone are, they're, gonna, they're home and hose now. They're going to kick on. But they conceded the goal and they just seemed, they seemed to panic then, which is yeah. so unlike them. They, they, there was loads of time to get this back. And they had the wind. McCurry had come in and was kicking scores. And you just think, they're an experienced team. They've got experience through the whole spine of the team. And for them to lose the game the way they did, I, I, I was very surprised with that more than anything. Yes, it's, it's a brilliant win for Ross Common. Like they're going to be up against to try and pick up points in Division 1, but that's a brilliant start for them. But for Tyrone, that was just, it was a worrying thing. And you know what I thought was odd as well? McShane starts in the first half. And Jimmy, you'll know this, Tommy, yourself. If you're playing in full forward line and you're playing against the Gale Force wind, that's a hard slog. Mm. You're not going to get many kick passes in. You're not going to get many shots off. So you're Colin McShane going, right, fuck, just put the shoulder to the wheel here and I get a few shots in the second half. And they take him off at half time. Yeah. For McCurdy. And I go, I don't think there was an injury. I might be wrong. But if I'm Colin McShane, I'm going, hot oh, lads. We mm-hmm. throw no, he is going to be a key player for them. If they're going to get it anywhere near back to the level that they got in winning the All-Ireland two years ago, they need McShane. And I'm sure he's done so much work over the winter to get back and be ready for this season. And he's thinking, right, second half, I'll start getting kick passes in. I'll start getting a couple of shots off. And he's whipped off half time. Hmm. I just thought that was a... I, was, a I couldn't believe it when I seen it. But if you're, McCurry if comes you're, on the first two balls, he gets straight over the bar. And McShane is sitting there. I've been in that position where you come off. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. But McCurry is is outstanding. I agree, though. Yeah. That, like, taking off McShane, if you're thinking, this fella, I remember we talked about McFadden with Donegal before. If this fella is going to be one of your key players, build him, up, build him up. Build him up, build him up, build him up. Give him as much confidence as you can. Tell him he's brilliant. But if you whip a fella off, if you whip a corner forward off at halftime, honestly, corner forwards are the most sensitive souls at times. <laughs> like, all they need, they need a bit of love. They need to be told how good they are. As soon as you tell him they're shite by taking him off, like, well, that was well, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be able to do anything in the first half. You could have kicked them all into that preview. Yeah. yeah, how frustrating is that for him? And just surprised. Maybe there's an injury we might be up, but it didn't look like that. Um, but yeah, for Tyrone, I backed Tyrone last week as well. We need to scrap the predictions, lads. Jesus yeah, Christ, we're not going. Well. I know. I, th- I liked a bit of jeopardy with them. I think we'll be going with them again. I'm winning five four. 
three, I think. Um, Mayo Galway, lads. James. Ryan O'Donoghue has returned. Fresh. Looking good. Kicked six points at the weekend. He is the leader that Mayo need him to be. Killing O'Connor comes off the bench. Tell me what you thought of O'Connor. I thought he looked as good as he did maybe pre-injury. Good score. Great score. It's hard, it's hard to tell. I mean, first league game, tough conditions, brutally cold weather, unbelievable intensity. You need a cool, calm head there. I think Ryan O'Donoghue and Killian had that. You know, like you don't want a fella running around the place, getting bait around and not doing the right thing, not taking the right option. You need to have the right, you need to have the right kind of intelligence in those games just to tip away your scores when they come. But like, I still, I'm still not sure about about Mayo. Hundred percent. I, I, I was no. actually expecting more from them. Why? I don't because they're always all at it and intensity, and we're probably touching their tackling. You know, they, they both teams had ninety odd tackles each, which is incredible work. Right? So intensity for January. Yes, that is fantastic. Okay, but you need a little bit more than that. And I just think it was all hustle and bustle, but not that much kind of creativity or class or nothing different. A lot of their forwards didn't really have the beating of their men. They weren't getting nice shots off. They were relying on scores kind of off the cuff. I thought the mixed day would be bringing something kind of recognisable, something a bit cuter to the table. But maybe they just haven't got it yet, but it didn't look like they were there yet. Well, and you think that Galway, when Galway gets Shane Walsh back, like that, that's such an addition. Do you know, he can kind of dictate all that, but Mayo don't seem to have that type of player, they all have to row in a bit more, but they don't have it at the moment. Uh, Jimmy, I agree. I didn't I didn't see I was impressed by Galway. And and we said it last week. I think Galway are the best team in Connacht, and nothing changed from that at the weekend. Yeah. I'd be conscious of again, it's January. It's the, all the teams are gonna get better. There's rustiness across the board for all the teams. And for Mayo, the talk seems to be that, that McStay is gonna bring this kicking game in. He's going to kick the ball more. They're going to try and move away from th- that traditional over the last decade. You see, they're running the ball from everywhere. Galway are a very hard team to do that against because yeah. they get lots of bodies back. And the Galway defensive system that we've seen last year, it looked really good the other night as well. You know, Daly at centre back, Sean mm. Kelly, they've just got more comfortable in it. I, I was, I was, I was really impressed with Galway. They'd be disappointed they didn't get the win in the end. Or probably, I don't think the male forwards up Eddie. Like, no, I, that's didn't what, ask any questions of it. But, but lads, oh, yeah, can we really, just can we talk about this for a second? Like we mentioned earlier on, O'Rourke starting with six footballers as forwards. Jack Kearney is a middle third player. Bob Tuohy is a middle third player. Jordan Flynn played most of the game around midfield. Ruan and O'Connor, they're all around the middle third. They're huge yeah. men. They're massive. Yeah. And that's what, I know there's a lot of talk about McStay changing it up and maybe now's not the time to do it, but he certainly didn't start that way. No, and that's, I, that's, I, I didn't see anything new from Mayo. That's the thing. Yeah. I love adding up, right? If I see a team on paper, I go, where are the scores coming from here? How many are we going to get? And like, you couldn't, you couldn't add a big score together for Mayo. You know, unless you're getting a Keegan laid on who's going to get a goal or... Like you're just not adding up a score that's going to cause any damage to the opposition at the moment. Well, the, the Paul Towie that, yeah. was the top scorer in the championship last year and he came in for the last 30 seconds. So, you know, there's high hopes for Aidan Norman in the county. I don't know if he's going to shoot the lights out ever. Uh, James Carr has produced these incredible moments, but consistency-wise, I don't know uh, whether Carr will be that footballer you're talking about. Tommy Conroy is going to come back. I don't know if he's a seven or eight points a game man. Uh Killian they need a good. We said half hour stamp. They need a ten to twelve who are actually going to dictate the play, chip mm. in with a couple of points, and mm. kick it. 
because at the moment they just don't have that threat. You look at James Carr's goal, we have to talk about that. What an unbelievable strike. But he's done that before. And he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's clear, he's aggressive. He seems to go for goal. He's two balls dropped short outside of that and no real other impact on the game. Yeah. And if you're looking at Mayo, that, that you're crying out for some... Ryan O'Donoghue, they've got him. He, You can hang your hat on him. He's going to yeah. kick scores. Killian, we know, I think he's going to have a big season for them. But they need other guys with them. They are, it's going to be the same issue down the stretch again. Like James has said, whether it's McStay in charge, Rochford, James Horney, whatever it is, they are going to work hard. They're going to be physical. They're going to be in your face. But I don't know if Orm is the guy that's going to kick scores. I don't know if James Carr, there's something there, but how can he turn into a killer where, yes, he gets a wonder goal, but he's clipping two or three points with it. Yeah, And, and these That's guys it. have been around, they've played games. This is not like their first rodeo and you're just not seeing it yet. Yeah. And that's, for McStay or for Mayo, you are, that, is the, that is the issue. That is the crux of the matter. Whatever, okay, Lewis and Keegan, losing deal with that. Oshie Mullen. The issue hasn't been their, their offensive guys running up the pitch. They need killers up front. Yeah. Um, but they only need, Paddy, they only need two. two. Say if you were the wing I forward there. Oh, I know. You're, you're not, but say you're the wing forward and you're thinking, I'm going to get into position here. I'm going to score two, two points from play. Two, yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. Give me two points. And no, whatever no. your focus was, it was getting 10 tackles or whatever. Get six tackles and get two yeah. shots. Like whatever the thinking is, they just Maybe. need to put more emphasis on getting a decent shot at the ball. We used to have it with, with Jim and it was that thing. Everyone had to work hard. But the bottom line, if you're in one of the six forward positions, you've got to score. Mm-hmm. Even if you're 10 or 12 and exactly, I want, if you don't work hard, you're off. But there was no kind of, oh, well, if you get a load of tackles, that's all right. It yeah, was, not enough. you have to score. You have to get one, at least have, if I'm even playing wing forward, I want two shots at the post, minimum. Yeah. Even if I'm doing all the donkey work alongside it. And you're right, Jimmy, it's not just a Mayo thing. I think the wing forward position is kind of, oh, I'm, I'm back in my half back sure, line yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm winning breaks. Couple. Got to try and contribute to the scoreboard. We said it on the WhatsApp, we were laughing. We said about Kerry as well. They're going, where are the scores coming there? And I, I just think, as, as good as Ryan had done who was, and to get him back in the mix and like a sharp killing O'Connor, I think Mayo. They have McStay has to find someone else. Yeah, so, it, I don't it, think Ryan O'Donoghue can can carry that can on his own. No, no, we can't. No. It'll be the same. It'll be an All Ireland quarter final. He might nick a Connacht on the sly, but yeah, but he'll the issue is the to Kerry. be to be fair to McStay. It is Casabar on the lights. It's still yeah. January. Galway are in town. Maybe that dream management team just went horses for courses, you know, and maybe that's what they went. We need intensity. We need tackles. And it'll be enough for now. I did thoroughly enjoy his post-match interview. See, no, I, no, I didn't pick up on this. Huh? <laughs> it was just like he was loving it. It was oh, just, yeah. it was, he was just such a positive outlook. Great game, great to be back. <laughs> Clearly, he hadn't been drowned out by ten years being a manager and just being dour. He's he's come from working in the media. It was just a positive nearly infectious <laughs> interview even though like it probably wasn't the best result for me would have liked to win the game but I just thought that was a an interesting take to see a manager come on and be all smiles and yeah. usually it's a pretty dour stuff but, but you'd uh, wonder did he um, 
has he picked up on that from Horan that you know he needs to get the supporters right Maybe. behind them? Maybe, he needs to be yeah. positive, get them around, get something going there. But the only way to get it, uh, the yeah. crowd behind you is to play attacking, kick points. Like there's only so much cheering you can do at a turnover. Like <laughs> <laughs> spoken the, like a true quarter forward. The Mayo, the Mayo fans do love a good turnover, though. In fairness, for Galway though, T and I was saying, and I was texting into the group during the game. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with them. And yeah. J- James is right. Like they're missing Shane Walsh, who's obviously arguably their best player, mm-hmm. uh, along with Colbert. Liam Silk is away. Kieran Malloy is obviously injured. Yeah. They're big players for them, but you could just see they look comfortable in that defensive shape. Peter Cook is going to be a big addition for them. Yeah, massive. See it. Massive. He's, he's, got, he's got skills. Bit of class. He's got skills. He's a yeah, big something. guy. He, and he's just, he's smart on the ball. It's easy for someone that's been out of the scene to come back in and try and nearly like an accusation make it now and just be a million miles an hour. He was very calm. Kicks a beautiful free, but he's a very good footballer. He is going to complement that Galway attack. Um, Comer was brilliant after quite an all-earn of final, which we spoke about. He had an excellent game. The next stage for Galway, and Parrick Joyce touched on it at the end, they are one of the top teams now. The next stage of that is controlling games. And coming down the stretch, they had a couple of opportunities to win that game. The last play... I think it was Carl Sweeney kicking that ball away for Killing O'Connor's point to get to. I think it's actually Peter Cook gets turned over. They're the, the clutch moments that that's the next stage of going mm-hmm. to be the top team, not just being in the conversation where going an all Ireland semi final or final in, in five or six months' time and they're managing those situations a bit better. I'm sure they'll spend a lot of time looking through those plays this week and going, we can't allow that to happen in the biggest games. So that's a frustrating thing for them. But a lot of the other stuff we see from Galway, I was, I was, I was impressed with them, I have to say. Hey, not yeah. the worst conversation to be having on the first week. of Exactly. It, it shows where they've come. It shows mm. where they've come in the space of really the last kind of yeah. 12 to 18 months. Yeah. You'd, put them, you'd, you'd put them number one really now in the league, wouldn't you? Galway, like. Um, yeah. They're not going to have Walsh. Be. They're not, apparently they're not going to have Walsh for a couple of weeks. Armagh got a win as well. I think you, we, we touched on it quickly. Monaghan. I, I think Monaghan. Area of Armagh at home. Like, yeah. I, I think Monaghan. Carry her away to Galway. To be honest. Yeah. I, I, I thought Monaghan would probably go down. And I, to be honest, I was looking at between Donegal and Roscommon to go with them. So that's mm. with two massive wins for, for Donegal and Roscommon. But for Monaghan, Rory Beggin, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. Not an ideal start to the season. Whatever about the kick out, but the the fumble as well. You just think Monaghan are going to be up against it. He was due one. In fairness, he's so reliable, isn't he? He's had. Yeah. A, he's been sensational. Like. Yeah. Yes, and there was a big focus put on Rafferty as well. Rafferty had some what brilliant moments. Some brilliant moments. Even the pass. Do you see the pass where he was involved four times to highlight it on the. <laughs> we spoke with this last year, lad. Ethan Rafferty has given other players ideas. <laughs> he's yeah. very good at it. He's an he's outfield player. He plays it so well and adds to the attack going forward. That's, he goes forward and he makes plays. I saw Conor Gleeson coming out a couple of times with Casabar, and I was like, oh, my heart. If I was a Galway fan, I'd be having a stroke on the sideline. Mm. He just doesn't look as comfortable. Or on Lynch, we've seen it with Derry as well. I think we'll see it a lot through the league mm. and into the championship as well, but Ethan Rafferty is different gravy at it. Um, but he 
this is a man who played 10 years at field. That's as good. Kind of that's the thing. That locker. He's Not all the other goalkeepers have that. Mm. No. But if, if Armagh were to win something, like that would take off at club level as well. Oh, yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take off at some stage. <laughs> it just needs a team to win because everyone copies the winners. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does whatever the, the winning team has done. You say, look what they're doing. We'll do that. If Armagh uh, wins something, it'll Shane off. Murphy will come spread it out a goal with Kerry. He's an outfield player. Well, Shane Ryan. Shane Ryan. Kerry, Shane, Shane Ryan. Sorry. Shane Ryan could. In Kerry, if he starts soloing up the pitch. Kerry, you're very traditional like that. You nearly be. <laughs> I think. Uh, he would string him up off. if he started doing that. <laughs> I think an outfield player as well. Like. He's serious. Outfield player, like. I know. It's the club final. Yeah. Maybe the same in Dublin. I can't see Evan. David O'Hannon had a good game. Good, good yeah. to see. Um, next Sunday lads Kerry Monaghan and Armand Mayo are the double header that'll be live in Teach Car so it'll give us a nice chance to talk about Armand and talk about Kerry as well as Monaghan and Mayo once more um, just finally James Kerry when you saw the team sheet no Cliffords Paul Murphy played didn't he after Ratmore's big two oh. big scores as well yeah, yeah two so, great points Paul was on honeymoon with oh, Michelle his, his wife so he I read that wrong I thought somebody else had did. a bit of a break same during the season so I'd say he might have just wanted to get back in Okay. Oh, he did play. All right. So I had uh, that. Yeah, he did play. Played well. Um, played well. Dar Roach is somebody you played with with East Kerry in your yeah. run to the county championship. He'll be delighted. He'll be delighted. Um, yeah. Kick some nice got, scores. Got three from play. Got one great score. We're talking about taking men on. He just put put his shoulder in, heavy sidestep and over with the left. And he kicked a lovely point off, off his right from outside as well. Three in the first half. We yeah. saw we saw a bit of that this week, James, didn't we? The fearlessness. Shane Walsh taking on the Cork defence when he collects that ball from O'Sullivan. Ben O'Carroll did the yeah. same for a great point, his first point. And also uh Dara Roach. So yeah, and Donald, just Donald O'Sullivan when he Donald came out for carry as well. Is it a bit um, of fearless fearlessness in the younger lads taking their chance? I think it is, but maybe it's it's kicking the ball as well. Like if you get a hand pass, realistically, there's going to be a couple of bodies around you because it's slow build-up. If you receive a kick pass. The first thing you're thinking is, right, catch it and go at him. And I think that the kick passing we saw into Daryl Roach, the kick passing we saw into Dono Sullivan late in that game, you know, it just encouraged you to take on your man. And then if you have the finish in you, it's a score. So yeah. I hope we see more of it because at the moment, there's not there's there's a lot of kind of team scores where you're working it to the edge and to the arc. You want to see that ball go in fast and the fella just drop the shoulder. And yeah. there's Great loads of fellas out there who can do it. Yeah, see, hopefully, hopefully. Jack, I was a bit frustrated, obviously, after the game. You see the reaction. Like, we, we all kind of tipped that Kerry would probably have a slowish start to the league. We yeah. expected that with the team they named as well. I was actually impressed with Kerry in the first half. Were you? To be fair to them. I thought they controlled the game quite well. And, and like I said, with a relatively inexperienced team, which had the likes of Thomas Sullivan or, or Paul Murphy kind of leading the charge, and Dara Roach was quite good. Um, Killian Splan probably had a little bit of an off day in front of the post. Yeah, I'd be disappointed like with that because that's like a big opportunity for him to cement his place inside with Clifford. Look, it was tricky conditions as well. But just to to, to touch on Donegal, we haven't really spoken about them. Mm. We weren't expecting much from them, and I, I'll admit that the off season probably couldn't have went much worse for them. <laughs> Losing Murphy and they they just couldn't get a manager. Like the, the, themselves and Ross Common to the last appointees with massive wins on, on the opening weekend. But for Donegal. Without Murphy, you're looking down. No Roy McHugh either. Who are the guys they're going to stand up? And you see Quayle McColgan, Daryl Boyle. Was that the wing forward that plays with uh, McGrady at DCU? Like these, 
some unbelievable scores. Like McCulgan yeah. was phenomenal from, from wing back. Three points. Jack says he got two, but look, <laughs> we give him three. He's looking for a replay as well. Um, but for, for Donegal, I just think that's a massive win for Paddy Carr and the team. He was very emotional yeah. after the game. You could see that. But for uh, nice yeah. to see it, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Just you could see even the reaction of the crowd. We're talking about playing in an empty crow park, there's just no atmosphere. Like McBrady like kicks that score in Bally Buffet yesterday, they get the block in the next play, and the whole stadium's on wheels. It's brilliant. It's what the National League is about. But for that Donegal team, that was just a big, big win for that group. It's not mm. really in the grand scheme of things for Kerry. I wouldn't say they're overly arsed about it, to be brutally honest. We know they're going to come back stronger. But but for Donegal, for Paddy Carr, for those young players, there was pressure on Donegal in that game. And for those guys to stand up, that's a, a positive thing. And for McBrady, you know, he's got a decade of being Murphy's sidekick, really. Do you know what I mean? For him to stand up, it's quite mm-hmm. enough outside of that game, really, for the majority of it. But that point at the end, I thought it was a brilliant story to, to, to wrap up the first weekend of the National League and a big win for Donegal. And like I said, they'll need to get points together if they're going to avoid the drop. So a great start for Paddy Carr and them. Yeah. How many points sure. stays up, do you reckon? You need, typically, you have to get beyond five, don't you? You need five points still. I'd say maybe Probably need three wins, yeah. Six points. Eight. Six, six, six points, yeah. yeah. it'll be tight. I, 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 I think Monaghan will struggle. I still think Ross Common will struggle, even with that win. Um, but for Kerry have horrible fixtures. Like Kerry have, no, Kerry won't go down, obviously, but, well, I think they Kerry, won't go down. But like they have, they've got away with Mayo. Yeah, but they've, they've done it all away, right? Mayo, Galway away. Their home games, they only have three home games. Monaghan, Ross Common, and Armagh. Do you know? That could be the six points. That could be their six. Season. But I mean, they're away it's games. Their this weekend. They're playing their this weekend in. No, Monaghan. No, no, play Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah. Um, lads, uh, another story that broke last week. Uh, it would have broken in time for the podcast, only I was away. Apologies again. David Moran retired. James, a fellow you soldier with for years and years. Yeah. Did you see I this be... coming? I suppose we heard murmurings of it, but. The fact he had such a great game for Rahalis in the in the All Ireland yeah. Cup semi, I think we were all thinking he'd give it one more crack. But definitely a case of he's put so much time and effort into it, and he owes Kerry nothing. But he will be a monumental loss, not just on the field. In the dressing room, he was probably the most important fella in the dressing room. Might have said when I was there. Really, he set the he set the tone of he set the tone of fun. And work, do you know that kind of way? Like, you, if you walked into the dressing room, there he'd be bellowing, laughing, and cracking some joke. And then once it got serious, he'd be, he'd be the most serious man, but also able to enjoy it and have the fun as well. And with all the younger fellas, he dragged the crack out of him. I just thought he was he was brilliant man to have in the dressing room. But Given- you know, when I when I was finishing up, say it was around COVID time, and we lost. You, you lost the dressing room side of um, of the game because yeah. instead of having 38 filled in the, in the dressing room, we'd four dressing rooms of of nine or whatever, you know, or nine or 10 fellas. So mm. it, it lost the, the intensity of the dressing room culture. And like that was, that was Moran's thing. And Danny and these fellas, they just ran well, that show. It strikes me, Moran kind of broke onto the scene around 08. Did he bridge the gap between that great Kerry team of the thousands and then your team that breaks in maybe in the early 2010s. It's interesting that you say that. I suppose he, he did, yeah. He was obviously that link. I actually read um, I read a great article. I think it was an article or it was just an, ex, an excerpt, but 
it was Dan or Moran came on in 2008 against Cork and Wishy Fogarty did a piece about how he came on and Kerry were losing in the All-Ireland semi to Cork and he just put his hand up over on the sideline and said, kick it out to me. Darren Murphy kicked it out on him and he, he fetched it and Kerry Gooch got a goal and he was only, I say only would have been 19 or 20 at the time. Oh, yeah. It just showed kind of the, the personality he had to be able to walk on to an All-Ireland semi-final put his hand up and say, drive it out to me, I'll catch it. So I was just class. Yeah, could have. And David as a player, he kicked the ball. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask. We love, we love was... kicking on this pod, but my God, any time he got the chance, he kicked it. And it showed his personality when he was kicking. I remember yeah. coming back from, um, from injury a couple of times and you know, you wouldn't be the sharpest. And David had launched a ball into and he had he had a few dodgy ones in the locker as well. He would kind of come, it would be kind of wobbly, and my eyes wouldn't be great as well. And I said, oh, fuck, which way is this coming? And next thing you'd hear, fuck's sake, germs. And you know, he just he just made everyone play better and made everyone play the right way, I thought. Yeah. So he'll be uh, it's sad to see him go, but yeah. he's a great great, great player. Great player. The outside looking in, uh, a really, really good guy. But yeah, top Stylish player, you know, everything Kerry's obviously very traditional football county. And I thought he epitomized all the good stuff about it. It was brilliant. I was yeah. sad to see him go. He was the same age as me. I remember playing against him. We were nippers <laughs> many, many, many moons ago. And to see how we what he did throughout his career, some bad injuries as well. You yeah, serious adversity. It shows the personality of a guy. You see, you always see the reactions of. When the lad retires of his teammates and kind of the the stuff that you might see on social media or kind of tributes to him. Um he was a brilliant, brilliant player for Kerry, brilliant player across the GA. I think he's respected across the board. Mm. Um and from from a dub looking in, you could just see he was he was pure class. So fair play to him, great innings and a beautiful way for him to finish up mm. with all Ireland again. You know, they would he's obviously lost a lot of big games throughout his career, but to finish with a third All-Ireland and, and go out in a high. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. You know, Great. Speaking it's of not... his injuries, he, sorry Tom, he had, he did the cruise shit, right? In, maybe on nine or ten, ten, I think the, only ten, ten, came back, did it again, within like, a couple of weeks, if that, then came back and detached his retina. Oh Jesus. Yeah, the audience. He had, he, like he must have been thinking, this is there's something not going right, going right there. Something's going wrong, and he stuck at it, stuck at it, and just got back to top form. Like so, serious yeah, mental mental strength as well. He had he'd gone to Australia at the same time as Tommy Welch and came home two weeks later as well. Um, I I always wondered, being the son of Ogie, a legend, a gent in Kerry with eight All Ireland medals, did that ever weigh heavily on him? No, it didn't. If anything, is he embraced it. Yeah. Know, he had the. You could see how some fellas might. Buckle under that pressure, but he loved being part of that scene. And you know, <laughs> I, I he just had, he had shoulder to carry. What's that? Good scene by all accounts. <laughs> Very <laughs> enjoyable scene, I'd say for him. Yeah. yeah but yeah. no, do you know when you just have the shoulders to carry it? And he did. Yeah. Um yeah. he definitely didn't that. shrink under it and uh, he thrived. Okay. Are we uh finishing with our predictions? Let's go. <laughs> we I need a good okay. right. James I James last week. Yeah, James has to make a bit of a comeback here. It's five five two. Um well, I, I went for a couple of outsiders because I thought it was a bit of fun. And then as soon as I pick a bad one, you start sharing it all over social media. 
<laughs> it, it was just how definitive you are on court. Yeah. That was, and the, the fact that you pretend that you've done some analysis as well. <laughs> he had his notebook. Clearly, he had his notebook. Clearly, utter bollocks. Like, that was, I tell you, that's I, why I just landed. Cork so well. could still have a good year. Hey, a carry man talking up. A carry man talking up. Court, if Cork win the Celtic, if Cork win the would be a good year. So you had to win the All Ireland last week. The relegate. I never said. I never said win the All Ireland. Sure, so your team to watch. Games, your team to watch was Kerry, and your players were McCaffrey and and Mannion. Okay, and let's Mannion. go. On. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, this is quick now. Last week it took about 10 minutes. We don't have time this week. Kerry Monaghan. Paddy. Kerry for this one. James. Kerry. Galway was common. Galway. Galway. Sorry, I'm going Kerry too. And it's in Pierce Stadium. I'm going Galway as well. Yeah. Uh, Tyrone Donegal. Where is it? It's in Healy, Healy Park in Oma. Tyrone. Tyrone as well. There's got to be some sort of kickback. Surely. They weren't that bad yesterday. They just tightened up a few things. Then he got on paper, though. Uh, I'm going Tyrone as well. Armagh Mayo in the Athletic Grants. That is tight. Armagh. O'Connor might start, will he? He might start killing after his cameo. I could see the teams. No, I'm going Armagh. Who are you going with, Tom? I'm going Armagh as well. We can't all pick the same. I need to claw one back, so I'm thinking of going, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to win the league. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go Mayo. I don't think that'll be a high-scoring match. I'll, I'll go Mayo. No. Okay. Uh, Division 2, Mead, Clare, Park Talton. Mead. Clare have a serious record against Mead. It's got to be a bounce for me. I like to... The record, the record goes both ways. Clare have a good recent record, but Mead had the hex them for a long time there under McIntyre. That's a big game. Like whoever wins that, they're nearly, they're yeah. nearly safe. Really, I yeah. think home advantage for me. Did it, it, I, I think Maid will win that one. I was impressed with how the three quarters of their game against Cork. I thought they were very good. Ah, that Clare side. They have a bit more nous. I hear you. They do. They really do. That, that's a team that knows how to win football. I'm actually backing Maid for once, and you're trying to talk me yeah. out. Well, Clare bet them last summer as well. Bet them well. Harry Hogan. Tommy doesn't great know. Saves. Is he me? They're Clare. You see. Yeah, he can't lose. Are you going? It'd be the first, first draw I've predicted on this pile. Ah, thank you. I'm going to go for a draw. Jimmy, who are you going with? I, I, like the three goals against against Cork. If they kick twenty points, I'd be going me, but they didn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Claire. Okay, so two. I'm me. gonna go Claire. I think this. Yeah. Take you're going to tell me I'm going me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I need Claire to win for Cork as well. Claire Cork. No, I need Cork. I need Claire to beat Mead for Cork. Are you sticking with Cork? In Newbridge. Against Kildare. In Newbridge. No, I'm going Kildare. Paddy, I presume that's three Kildares, is it? I'm going Kildare as well, yeah. Okay. And finally. Where, where is Daniel Flynn? I don't know. I didn't see him. I haven't got him on Snapchat <laughs> maps. I don't know where he is. <laughs> I didn't see him on Saturday. He's got ghost mode on. playing this weekend. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Well, Clare and Newbridge, they're hard bet there. Yeah. And last game, Limerick are up against Dublin at home. Dublin. What about, who, who, are Derry, who are Derry playing? Derry are playing. What the Derry? Derry playing loud, sorry. Derry. Derry and Dublin. Derry, Dublin for me. Okay. So we right. haven't really been, there's not much difference between us. No, similar. Maybe you're back James. Clare is different. I reckon there's an accumulator in there. Yeah, we're the same with everything, Tommy, are we? 
We are, Paddy, yeah. I'm listening to you too much. I have mine written down Jimmy beforehand. Against Mayo. So you back I mean, Mayo and Claire. I went Claire, Claire and Mayo, yeah. James needs a big week. So, lads, pleasure as always. Great to be back chatting football with you. Um, we will catch up next week. Have a good week. Anything major planned? No? You're not going any more holidays, are you? No, I'm done now for the year. Oh, God. Any major scandals break, you'll be away again. I'll be here I'm going. I'm going to Miami. Oh, you are? What are you James? Getting? What? My brother's getting What's married, it? yeah. Miami. Tommy's <laughs> getting married. Yeah. Key wow. West. Monday. That'll be some crack. Where, where are you going? I'm going Friday. Get the fuck. Mm, what are you be watching TG Car YouTube on South Beach? I'll get I'll get Kerry Radio and uh, <laughs> Kerry Radio watching on the beach <laughs> at a pool party. Like, wow. I'll send you Tim Minan. I'll ring you on WhatsApp and send you a live stream of the games. How long are you in Miami for? Ten days. Sensational. Yeah. It will be nice. I must How say. on earth are we doing the pod? Is Tommy getting married next Monday? He's getting married Monday. Yeah, Monday the sixth. Are you have you a couple of duties? Are, are you involved in you speech? Another speech are you? A, a, a toast. Is all I'm allowed. Okay. Fair to faithful. That's it. That's all you're trusting. I, I am allowed to clink the glass and then I sit down then again. All right. Okay. When are we recording if Jimmy's in? We'll, we'll have to figure that out. We might do it from the altar on Monday. <laughs> I'm the only one who does any work in this part. I know, Paddy. It's, it's some difference from your first year of retirement two years ago when me and Andy couldn't get home. That is it. Lads, talk to you soon. Thanks, James. Thanks, Paddy. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Thanks everyone listening at home. This is episode three of the Football Pod. We will see you next Monday.